everything. <clears throat> we worry about the economy. Are we going to have enough to get by in the midst of inflation? Is Social Security still going to be able to support us in the future? What about the upcoming election later this year? Who's going to win and what is that going to do to our country? And what about the world, everything that's going on in the world? There's war in the Middle East. What is, how is that going to end? What's that going to lead to? We're all worried about many things, but Jesus encourages us by saying, don't worry, each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, when I first became a Christian, and I'm not talking about when I was baptized as a newborn infant, I'm talking about when I was in my 20s and made a decision for myself that I wanted to be baptized based on my own terms. It, it was a great time for me, and I look back on it with great fondness. And I know that when that baptism was accomplished, I thought I had really achieved something. I had claimed Jesus as my savior, uh, I, I knew then, and as I know now, that there's a tremendous future awaiting me in God's kingdom, eternal life with God. But then I started to realize, as the weeks and the months and the years went by, that I've only just taken the first step in my relationship with God. When I was baptized and claimed Jesus as my Savior, that was just the beginning, because what was ahead of me was a lifetime of living in relationship with God, getting to know him better, getting to trust him more, getting to have more faith in him, no matter what situation I went through in life. And you know what? That was kind of the hard part of being a Christian. And it continues on and it will continue on till my final day here on earth. And that's the same with you. And what are we learning during this lifetime? We're learning how to be in relationship with God, how to trust in Him, how to depend on Him, how to look at Him as our solid rock. And all other dirt that we may stand on is sinking sand, as the, as the song said. So this is a lifelong process of learning to depend on Him. And you know what? <clears throat> this truth and this lesson doesn't come to us all at once. It comes to us year by year, month by month, week by week, and day by day, learning to trust on Jesus as our Savior. <clears throat> now in our life, another lesson that I learned early on is once you become a Christian, that doesn't mean that everything is automatically going to go real well in your life. Even though you're a Christian and if you've put your faith in God, there are still going to be trials and troubles that are going to come along. But what God promises is that no matter what we face in life, he's going to be there with us through it. And he will bring us through it. And he sometimes allows pain as well as pleasure to come into our lives as he deems best. We don't always agree enthusiastically with what God deems is best for us. But he knows what's best for us. He knows what we each need individually. Especially when God allows pain, and it's more pain than we think is necessary, it's still true. God gives each day his wise and loving measure of pain and pleasure in our lives. And it's for our good, it's for our purpose. The good news is that there is a fresh mercy from God for each day's appointed pain. 
Today's mercy is for today's pain. It's not for tomorrow's burdens. There will be mercies tomorrow for that. Today's mercies are for today's burdens. So in other words, what God is saying, you know what? You don't have to come to me with your worries for the future. I take care of your situation on a day-by-day basis. So we tend to worry about tomorrow. Jesus says that's not necessary. I'm giving you enough grace each day. I will give you enough strength each day to live for today. And when tomorrow comes, there's going to be more grace and more strength for you to continue on through that day as well. So no matter what we face in life, no matter the unexpected that comes along, the pain that we're suffering, God is there to see us through each day. Jesus is teaching us that the strength to live tomorrow will be given tomorrow, not today. But it will be given. When I was very young, I was taught a prayer, as so many of you were, and it comes from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. And we all know we should be able to recite it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That's what we should pray for on a daily basis. Lord, today, this day, give us our daily bread. And that's not just talking about food to eat, although that's a part of it. We're asking God when we say that prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread includes everything that we need for the day. It, needs, it means a little bit of joy. It means a little bit of faith. It means God providing for all of our physical needs, our emotional needs, our psychological needs, and giving us grace for the day because we know on just about every day we sin somehow. Provide that for us, provide the strength we need, provide all of this for us on a daily basis. So that's a lesson that we learn when we become a Christian. It's a relationship that we have with God with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And in order for that relationship to grow, we have to be with him somehow daily. We need to seek what he has for us on a daily basis. Now, for a relationship to grow and develop, it requires daily contact. You know, I'm happily married to my wife. We've been married for just about 45 years now, and we love one another deeply, and we're in constant contact with one another, okay? We live under the same roof as it should be when you're married. Uh, I never have the thought, well, I need to take a vacation from this. I need to go away for a while and kind of strike out on my own. Now, some people do that, And what happens usually when somebody makes that decision is marriages come to an end. Because you cannot have a relationship that is healthy and that is growing and developing when you're not there. When you depart somehow and split from the premises. And you know, it's the same thing with our relationship with God. Why have we come here today? Why are we here on a regular basis? Because we're in relationship with God. And when we come here to worship him as a family, it's a special time. 
It's a special time together. And our relationship with God is growing in a special way because we're here together as a family. We're all of one mind, one spirit. We're all being taught together. We're worshiping together. That's going to cause this relationship to grow. That's why we need to worship on a regular basis and to be a part of, of this, to be a part of what's happening here. So when we come to God on a regular basis, hopefully a daily basis, we ask him to provide the things that we need for that day. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week or next month. Your needs are being taken care of today. Amen. Now, some of our needs are similar. Some of our needs are different, depending on what we're going through in our life. God is telling us, see me regularly. Pray to me every day. You know, it's a good idea when you wake up in the morning to say to God, Father, <laughs> provide for me all my needs today. You teach us to come to you for our daily bread. Well, here I am. Today, I'm going to need strength, maybe just to get out of bed today, <laughs> depending on how old we are and how, how many physical problems we have. God understands that. So we're asking him to provide that for us today. Also provide your grace for us today, because I don't know what sort of mischief I'm going to get myself into. I may sin, and if I do, I'm going to be counting on your grace right away to forgive that sin. All the things that I need, things that I'm not even aware of, Lord, provide for me today. I'm asking for my daily portion, my daily bread. It's a daily relationship. The longer we put God off, or the longer we kind of stray from him, it weakens our relationship with him. Amen. And we start to worry about things going on in the world, the aches and pains that we feel in our body, the relationships that are not going well that we have with other people. God doesn't want us to, to worry. Jesus tells us not to worry. Tomorrow we'll worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Just depend on me today and I'm gonna get you through it. Amen. There was a time in the history of Israel uh, when Israel went into captivity. <clears throat> now God had warned them throughout their history, and I'm talking specifically about the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, God had warned them, stop worshiping false idols. Stop worshiping false gods. You're, you're straying from me, you're getting yourself into trouble, and you know what? I'm going to allow surrounding nations to invade you with their surrounding armies. They're going to come in here. They're going to destroy your cities. They're going to kill a lot of people, and they're going to take you into captivity if you don't repent and turn to me. And God had the right to do this because they had entered into a covenant with him at the time of the Exodus but they continually turned from God to worship false gods. And there was something written here uh, in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. This was probably written by the prophet uh, Jeremiah. He had warned his people, Judah, about God's threats of invading armies coming in. And unfortunately, they didn't heed his warnings. And Judah, the southern kingdom, was destroyed, invaded, and Jerusalem was destroyed, the capital city, and most of the surviving people were taken away into prisoner of war camps. 
And this book, the book of Lamentations, was written by someone, perhaps Jeremiah, in the midst of that captivity. Now, most of us who have studied history know what the Jews went through during the time of the Holocaust in World War II, when six million Jews were pretty much put to death by Hitler and how much they suffered and what they, what they went through at that time. And books were written, uh, different uh, titles come to mind of survivors of the Holocaust, and it was very difficult times. It was terrible times. Uh, and this book of Lamentations is a similar book. Uh, it's called Lamentations because it's all about lamenting. And lamenting means to feel regret for the things that you've done that caused you to be in the situation that you're in. And this book was written by somebody out of the time of captivity in Babylon. And uh, yet there's a word of hope in this book of Lamentations. In chapter 3, verse 21, the author says, yet in the midst of all of the mess we've gotten ourselves into for worshiping false gods, he said, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope in the midst of captivity, in the midst of being in a prisoner of war camp, in the midst of having death surrounding you. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed. We're not totally consumed as a nation, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So a message of hope in the midst of lamentations. And the note that he brings forth here is that God has compassions for us. They never fail and that they're new every morning. And God is great, has great faithfulness. We can say the same about our lives. You know, we've all been through very difficult times in our life. Maybe you can remember certain days of your life that were just really the worst. So much so that every year when the anniversary of that comes around, you lament and you regret having had to go through those situations. Maybe you were in the hospital for an extended period of time. Maybe one of your loved ones died. Uh, whatever it could have been. Maybe you were in a terrible accident. And there, it's, it's something that's so bad that every year when that time comes around, you kind of remember all of these things, remember what you went through. But you know what? God brought you through it. And I love this, this statement he makes here where he says that God's mercies are new every morning. And that's really true with God. And that's something we hold fast in our lives today. We've all been through really bad days. But you know what? Then the next day came and things got a little bit better. And then the day after that, and then the day after that. I always remember my mother, whenever I got myself into big trouble and, uh, you know, got punished for it and I was, you know, crying my eyes out and being... Uh, you know, standing in the corner because I was such a bad boy and maybe going to bed without any dinner or, you know, times were different back in those days than they are today. 
And my mother would always have compassion on me and she would say to me, you know, tomorrow's another day and tomorrow will be better. And she was always right. You know, I was brought through that bad day in my life and the next day turned out to be a little bit better and better and better after that. But we've all been through things like that. Even in our Christian walk, we've been through some of the worst days. The encouragement here is that God's compassions are new every morning. Every day is a new day with God. The trials and troubles of the previous day, the sins of the previous day, they're all put aside. And God brings us into a new day. His compassions are new every morning. So God has sufficient grace, and he gives us sufficient grace and strength to get through each day on a daily basis, no matter what that day may hold for us. And that's a lesson of encouragement for us in our relationship with God. That's why it's important that we're renewing and restoring this relationship with him every day. And we don't take vacations from being a Christian. You know, we don't go away and wander off on our own because when we do that, we separate ourselves from God and it never works out well when we do that. So the closer we get to Jesus' second coming, the more we see the troubles in the world growing and, and manifold, the closer we need to be to God on a daily basis. God taught the Israelites a lesson back in the book of Exodus. <clears throat> I think most of us remember the story that Israel had become enslaved in Egypt uh, for centuries. And finally, God called Moses to be a leader to bring his people out of Egypt, out of slavery. They uh, went through all of the, the plagues on the people of Egypt to punish them so that they would release Israel to go to the promised land. God brought them out of the land of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea dry shod. Through many miracles, he brought them into the wilderness on the way to the promised land. And in Exodus chapter 16, uh, because they only had so much food when they came out of slavery into freedom, there came a time when the people were hungry in the wilderness as they traveled across the Sinai to the promised land. And God created a miracle. He caused the people to be fed every day by having some stuff fall from the sky. It was called manna, which means what is it? because they never figured out exactly what it was, but it was enough to sustain them on their trip to the promised land. And every morning, the people would wake up, the Israelites, and they'd go out and find this stuff that had fallen from the sky. And they would take it and they would eat it. But God was gonna teach them a lesson. He said, you know what? I'm gonna provide for you every day this manna for you to eat. Now don't get greedy. When you wake up in the morning, get enough for that day and that day only. Don't be gathering up extra and taking it back to your tent or your dwelling place because what's gonna happen, it's gonna spoil and it's gonna stink. And if you try to eat it, it's gonna make you sick. So every morning you have my word, when you wake up, that man is gonna be out there and it's gonna be fresh. So take it, use it for that day and that day only Put your confidence and trust in me. I'll provide for you. 
But unfortunately, some of the Israelites thought, well, we don't know if we can trust God. We're going to take extra. We're going to gather up more of this manna stuff. And sure enough, God was right. They tried to store it in their tents, and it stunk. And the people who tried to eat it got sick. God was teaching them, rely on me daily. I will provide for you. So why does God do things that way? Why does he say to us, you know what, my mercies are going to be new for you every day. My strength is going to be new for you every day. He's teaching us the lesson of dependence on him. I told you, our life as Christians is completely opposite of life in this world and in this society. As we get older in this society, we teach our kids to become self-dependent, to provide for themselves, you know, to mature in that way. But you know what? Once we become Christians, we learn the opposite lesson. God teaches us the lesson to rely on Him, not on ourselves, when it comes to spiritual matters especially. So let's learn the lesson. Let's learn that God wants us to come to him on a daily basis. Don't think, well, I'm going to try to gather enough strength and spiritual wisdom and that'll get me by. I don't want to bother God. Keep coming to him. God says, come to me. Come to me. I've got what you need. And you know what? You need it on a regular basis, a daily basis. And if you come to me, I will provide for you. So it has to do with grace. It has to do with mercy. God says, don't try to depend on yesterday's mercy. Depend on today's mercy, today's grace. Today's mercies are for today's burdens. They're new every morning. They're like the manna in the wilderness. You can't keep it overnight. Enough comes for each day. You live on God day by day, or you don't live on God. And that's a tough lesson to learn. And God will work with you, and he'll cause things to happen in your life whereby you want to be with God every day. You want to pray to him. You want to talk to him. You want to depend on him. He's got all the mercy, he's got all the grace that you're ever going to need in your life, but it has to be restored on a daily basis. Let's look at a scripture in Malachi chapter 4. This is the last book of the Old Testament. <clears throat> One of the most important lessons he teaches us just before the Old Testament era ends, so something he wants us to hang on to, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, <clears throat> he says this, But for you who will revere my name, that's what we're here to do in this service, and that's what we should be doing every day of our lives, to revere God's name. He says, But for those who will revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Now, who's he talking about here? The Son. Now, we know Jesus Christ is the Son of God, S-O-N. But this is spelled differently. This is the S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness. Well, wait a minute. The Son, S-U-N, is that bright thing in the sky every day. Why is Jesus 
compared to the rising sun. That seems a little odd, but there's a lesson to be learned here. Jesus is compared to the rising sun at the beginning of a new day. And if you've ever been up to see sunrise, and I try to do that a lot, not in the winter, but in the spring, summer, and fall, I like to be out on the high school track at sunrise. So I wake up very early, six o'clock or so, get ready, get out to the high school track, and I'm usually out there either walking or running as the sun's coming up. And it's a very beautiful thing to see because they have what you call first light, where it's dark, but all of a sudden you notice things start to brighten up a little bit. And sure enough, you start to see this little top of the sun come up over the horizon. And as soon as it comes up over the horizon, there's a burst of light. And you see light from the sun extended out into the distance, the, the rays of the sun. It's a beautiful, inspiring thing to see. Jesus is compared to the sun coming up over the horizon and these rays of light coming out. That is how Jesus is portrayed. Because, as the scripture says here, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. That's how it pictures Jesus providing everything he provides for us. Grace, strength, mercy, forgiveness. It's like the sun giving out all of its power and strength. And we know we can't live without the sun in the sky every day. We get vitamins from it. We get nutrients from just being in that sunlight. So Jesus is compared to that grace giver, that health giver, that light giver, providing everything that we need. And this scripture, I remember one story in the Gospels. I don't know if you remember it. It's in Luke 8. I won't turn there, verse 43, where Jesus is walking through a crowd, and here's this woman who's been sick for so long. And as Jesus walks by with his uh, rabbinical shawl that he would wear, like all the rabbis wore at that time, and this thing had tassels hanging off of it. That's the way it was designed. And this woman was just desperate to get close to Jesus. She's crawling to Jesus just to touch the edge of his shawl, his prayer shawl. Because she knew this scripture about the Son of Righteousness rising with healing in its wings. And she looked at this shawl as if it was <laughs> wings, as if it was, you know, raised from the sun and she remembered that scripture and she just wanted to touch that and she was determined that if she could just touch the edge of his shawl she would be healed and you know what she was of a lifelong disability that she had she had faith in him if she could just come in contact with the rays of the sun of righteousness the wings Symbolically, from the shawl that he wore, there was healing in that, and her faith saved her. So here's an example of somebody who was determined to reach out to God on a daily basis 
because she was convinced that God had exactly what she needed. And to this day, it's true. God has exactly what each of us need. And it doesn't depend on who you are and how old you are, male, female, uh, what trial you're going through. God has the wherewithal to give you to get you through that day. And that's what we all need, isn't it? Sometimes from the time we first wake up in the morning, Lord, help me to get out of this bed because <laughs> I'm in pain and I don't feel well and I'm dizzy and I'm this and I'm that. And the, the trials today that I'm gonna face are just so overwhelming. I don't think I have what I need. And you're right, you don't have what you need to get through that day. But it's not just a one time in your life. Like I said, when I was first baptized, I didn't just offer a general prayer. God, I know you're gonna provide for me everything I need in my Christian life. So long, good luck to you. No, he says, come back to me every day because you need it and I will provide it. And don't just assume and don't just take it for granted. I want contact with you, God says. I want to learn about you and I want you to learn about me. I want to be on a first name basis with you. And God knows our name. He truly does. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, the Apostle Paul says something along these lines. Philippians 4 verse 19. He's in the middle of a passage here and he says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it implies one day at a time. God will provide all of your needs one day at a time. And just like the Israelites, they had to come out every day and gather up that manna that they needed for their survival. And we as Christians need to approach God every day. He alone knows our individual needs. He knows our trials, our tribulations, our joys, our difficulties. He knows everything about us. And he has the prescription for exactly what you need to get you through that day. And it may not extend out beyond that day. Why? Because he wants you to keep coming back. And that's how we survive as Christians in this fallen world. By coming to God daily. He never tires of us. He never gets bored with us. He's working with us. He's not going to forsake us or leave us. This is what a relationship with God means to a Christian. And if you've got a different idea about that, you may be mistaken. One last passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. <clears throat> Very encouraging scripture because uh, we all have trials and tribulations that we're going through, many of them personal, many of them only you know about or I know about in my own life. Maybe even things so personal you don't share with others. God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows you inside and out. And Paul says this, God is able to make all grace abound to you. And he's implying here, one day at a time. One day at a time. So God has all the grace that you need. He has all the strength that you need. 
He says, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So God wants us out there doing good works. And so many times we spend way too much time just dwelling on our own personal situation, our personal trials and troubles, the relationship problems we have, the financial problems that we have, whatever it may be. Our health, our personal health issues can be so consuming that they just overwhelm you. He says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So God says, keep coming back. You need to come back on a daily basis. It's not that I've forget, forgotten the situation that you're in or forgotten what your needs are. I know your needs better than you know your own needs. But I want you coming back. Don't worry about tomorrow and, and the day after that. There's enough trouble out there for each day. But I'm your help. I am the one who's going to get you by. I'm the one who has invested in you. Jesus has invested his life and his death on the cross for you. So he's not going to cast you aside. He's not going to be troubled by your constant uh, approaches. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's what Jesus said. So let's understand his purpose and what he's trying to teach us. He'll provide everything we need in our Christian walk. He knows it's difficult. He knows it has its challenges. But he wants us to keep coming back day after day. Give us this day our daily bread. And he's there ready and willing to give us everything that we need. He'll not forsake us and he'll not leave us. So a Christian walk with God is a walk that takes place day by day. One day at a time. One day at a time, God will give you the grace, the strength, the mercy, the forgiveness that you need for that day. So keep coming back. That's the lesson that we have to learn. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted. Don't get frustrated. God is dealing with you one day at a time. So keep seeking him. Keep going to him and to be refreshed by him. So the lesson that, that God teaches us here is our relationship with him is very important. He never takes timeouts. We shouldn't either. So let's seek God today while he may be found. That's what the scripture says. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the encouragement and for the reminder that we all need. You don't take breaks from us. We should never take breaks from you. We're growing deeper and deeper in love with you and in relationship with you. And there's so much to learn. We'll not learn everything in this life. But sometime during eternity, we're going to learn a whole lot more. When we're ready to receive it and we're, when we're ready to understand it, you've got that plan for us. And we'd like to thank you, God, that you know us individually. You called us before the foundation of the earth. 
And Father, you selected us and gave us to Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful and grateful for that. So help us now to stick with it. As we see times getting so terrible in this world, so much suffering, war, famine, and disease, we don't know the next disease that's going to hit the world or hit our country. Help us to stay focused where we need to be focused, and that's on you. Help our relationship to get deeper and deeper and help us to be more and more in love, in love with you. We know that you already loved us because while we were still sinners, you died for us. So thank you, Father, for the calling you've given us. Help us never to take it for granted or to treat it casually, but to give it our utmost focus and effort. And we know we will be richly rewarded for that. Again, thank you, and in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.